some of you may not be aware that over the course of the past several weeks, I've done a fair amount of traveling, giving retreats, and attending different religious ceremonies. And so because I was out last weekend, and Father Pelsey was too, for the Greek retreat, um, we had guest priests in the morning masses. And as a result, last weekend, being Bishop Service Appeal Weekend, the 4 p.m. crowd got to hear about the BSA from the bishop, and then the priest forgot to preach about it last weekend. So guess what? It's Bishop Service Appeal Weekend. And I am going to talk about the BSA today. Bishop Service Appeal, of course, every year the time where the bishop asks the priest to speak to parishioners about giving to the diocese in the capacity of assisting the bishop with the different organizations that help the poor, that support seminarians, and whatnot in the diocese. But what I want to do is look at it in the lens of today's gospel, the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount. Actually, the Beatitudes is, but this comes right after it. The Sermon on the Mount is the heart of Christ's moral teaching, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, where Christ reinterprets the old law of the Old Testament, basically saying it's not enough just to follow the rules, the letter of the law. We have to get to the heart of it, to the spirit of the law. And when we act and act morally, we have to act from a deeper interior place. It's not just enough to say, don't commit adultery, but you shouldn't even be lusting after people in your own heart. Christ is calling for a deeper following of the moral law. But if we notice, Christ just simply speaks about the negative precepts of the law, the thou shall nots. But there's also in the commandments and the church certain positive precepts, things that we are told that we need to do. Keep holy the Sabbath. Honor your mother and father. We are also called to follow these not just exteriorly by following the letter of the law, but positively to follow it in the depths of our hearts. Not only those two commandments, but in the church, we have something called the precepts of the church. You can interpret them either as six or five. We're going to go with the five today. And they've laid out through the traditions of the church positive precepts that Catholics are responsible for following. I don't think any of them are unreasonable, and they all flow from uh, much simpler obligations and duties that we have as a Catholic. First of all, to attend Mass every Sunday and Holy Day of Obligation, that we shall confess our sins at least once a year. Number three, that we should receive the Eucharist at least during the Easter season. Number four, that we should observe the days of fasting and abstinence that are obliged by the church, particularly Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. And the fifth one, the fifth precept, is that we are obliged to help provide for the needs of the church. Specifically, I think we would say monetarily. And it's going to be this last one that we're going to spend some time focusing on, of course, in light of the BSA. And so the same thing applies to these positive precepts that Jesus used to apply to the negative precepts. 
We can follow all these things exteriorly. We can go to Mass on Sunday. We can give. We can observe the fasting and abstinence. And we can follow the law. But we need to go deeper into the heart, into really giving ourselves over to this in a joyful and loving manner. Not just going through the motions, because if we do, we run the risk of just doing the minimum. I'm going to do the minimum of what I have to do, and we might even find ways and excuses to get out of following these positive precepts. And over time, as I've seen it in the lives of a lot of people, these positive precepts, along with the negative ones, become very burdensome in our lives, and we are tempted to jettison them. Instead, we are called to act from the heart, to give, go to Mass and look forward to it, to be able to be with Jesus and receive the gift of the Eucharist, to be able to confess our sins because we love the Lord's mercy, and to give and to give generously and joyfully, not because we have to, and not even when we're asked to do so, at least once a year at the BSA, but because we are passionate about our faith. And so what Jesus essentially does is establishes for us two, I'm going to call them systems of morality, two paradigms that we can understand and follow when it comes to our following the moral law. The first one is the morality of a servant or of a slave, that we follow the law, we do right because we have to, and we're obliged to even though we do not like it. And as a result, this morality of the slave, these laws can become burdensome. They do not give us joy. We do it because we have to or we're told to. The other morality that Christ elucidates in the Sermon of the Mount, the one that he's calling us to, is something much deeper. It is the morality of the beloved. Specifically, we could say the beloved son or daughter who knows that they are loved and who responds to the Lord in love. And these commandments are not burdensome, but instead flow from something much deeper. We want to respond in kind to the generosity the Lord has shown to us. And so we want to be generous. We want to be servants. We want to give ourselves totally, and we look forward to it, and it actually brings us joy even sometime when it inconveniences us. And so this is an obligation, ironically, that is produced by love and the knowledge that we are loved by the Lord. This is the morality Christ calls all of us to. The morality, not of obligation of the slave and the servant, the obligation of the beloved son or daughter. Now we're going to bracket this and come back to it because we go and I want to look now not just at Christians, but let's look at specifically for Catholics. When it comes to following the sixth precept, when it comes to our generous giving to the church. I'm not here to blame anybody or to point figures, but over and over again, every year the statistics are clear that Catholics compared to other denominations are the worst when it comes to giving. The absolute worst when it comes to giving to their church, to charity, or whatever. Not all of them, but as a whole, Catholics are much worse than most Protestant denominations. 
Again, I'm not shaming anyone here, I'm just simply stating a fact. And there are probably numerous reasons for it we could go into, but I think that there's something much deeper. And it ties into what we're talking about today. Although I will admit that today, part of the reason that Catholics struggle to give to the church is because of the anger, just anger at the authority of the church over the scandals. But much deeper than that is the bigger reason that so many Catholics, possibly because of the way they were raised, possibly because of a misunderstanding of the faith, see their relationship with God as servant to master, not as beloved son to father. So many Catholics simply go through the motions. That their faith is about following rules. We've got to show up to this. We have to do that. And it becomes burdensome after a while to many, but at least it does not engender generosity. So the real problem is, for so many Catholics, they don't know who they are. They've never experienced in a real, tangible way the love the Father has for them, and thus anchoring their identity and making them or leading them from their heart to give the generous response that the Lord calls us to. So if this is true, and I've been a priest for 20 years, and my experience proves this out, I could sit here and try to convince people to follow the morality, to love the Lord from the heart, and to give, and to experience the Father's love, but nothing I'm going to say is going to make that happen. I can't sit here and say, everybody, let's know our identity. Let's know that the Lord loves us. Let's be generous in our response. I'm not going to make that happen in anyone's heart. No preaching can do it. Even more, me getting up here, anyone getting up here and saying, hey, people, we need to give. We need to be generous. The collections may go up on that weekend, but it's not going to change the heart. And in fact, it potentially is just going to further this idea that we have an obligation to give. There are always going to be some people who give. And in every parish, it's the same exact ones who give over and over again. And I know the ones who give and give generously. These are the individuals whose hearts have been converted and they live in their identity as sons and daughters of God. But I'm going to argue, though, that from my experience as a priest, particularly one here at Wisdom, where people are in general quite generous, per capita, the most generous ones are our students. That is very, very clear. Last year, when we made our monthly partner ministry drive, over half of the people who committed were students. They committed to at least $15 a month. That's not a lot for those who maybe make $50,000, $60,000 a year, but it's a lot for the students. Over and over again, they commit to their generosity. And now over 10 years, not only with gifts given, but with the pledges that classes make, our students have given hundreds of thousands of dollars. And what do all of these students share in common? Because I know who they are. They're the ones who are in adoration every day. They're the ones who come to daily mass. They're the ones who are involved in Bible study. They're the ones who line up for confession week after week. They are the ones who go out on mission trips, who spend time with the homeless. They are the ones who know their identity as sons and daughters. And as a response, it is this tremendous generosity. 
And we have a large number here, and maybe in relation to other people on campus or other people their own age, it is small, but I see they do it not because they have to, but because they want to. And it's anchored their generosity in their spirituality. And it's inspiration for me, and I know many of you here, to inspire us to give more generously as they do. And even more, what I've also seen is a lot of them, after they leave wisdom, continue to support wisdom in their own parish because that deeper conversion of heart has gained some roots. They know their identity, and they're going to continue giving generously, not because they have to, so because they want to. So in conclusion, even though, as I sort of said before, it may not really make a big difference, I want to appeal for people to give generously to the Bishop Service Appeal Europe. Uh, envelopes are in your pew, and to support the Catholic Church and all of the good things that the Church does in our community and our world. And hopefully, maybe these words might inspire a few hearts, or at least bring a few little sparks that might grow into a bigger a flame. But second, and most importantly, I want to encourage you to pray for yourself and for others, particularly if you realize, hey, I have more of a relationship to God as servant to master for a deeper conversion of heart, that we might be able to experience the love of God the Father for each and every one of us, and so that we can move to that deeper system of morality, the morality of the beloved. And third and finally, I want to thank all of those who give, particularly our students, on a continuous basis, whether it be to the parish, whether it be to the BSA, whether it be to whatever charity. We are so appreciative. I am so appreciative of everything that you do as individuals who are generous. It's an inspiration to me and to others. And even though our gifts may be very small put together, they do make a big difference in the church and in the lives of many. Amen.